I'm Jake Watson, and this is the Saints Unscripted podcast, where we have conversations about faith crisis, topics that may be triggering about the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints and the Gospel, church history, prophets, the Book of Mormon and the Bible, and so many other things. This is Season 1, Faith Crisis. Those other people didn't wander in the desert like we do. And Jesus says, everyone has wandered in the desert at some point. And uh, that's true. And you might be in that desert right now. <laughs> it sounds like you are. It sounds like you're saying, you're authentically admitting, I feel like I'm in the desert right now. Well, Jesus was there too. <laughs> Hello, everybody. Welcome back to the Saints and Scripted podcast. Today we have Dallas Jenkins from The Chosen. Thank you so much for coming on, Dallas. I appreciate you having me. I feel like I've done a few of these uh, saints unscripted, the, the, the saint, the saints unscripted universe. I've, I've, I've been a part of multiple times, uh, which has been a lot of fun. So I'm glad, yes. I'm glad to be, glad to be with you. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. It's uh, this is your third installment on the saints unscripted. I'm thinking of the Marvel cinematic universe and now we yes. have three installments with Dallas. <laughs> well, yes, I I'm so honored to, to talk to you and I'm so honored to talk about the chosen today. And we're right in the middle of season two of you releasing your episodes. And at the time of this recording, we're, you're going to release season uh, two, episode five on Sunday. Yeah. And really excited for that. And anyway, I just, uh, in, in starting to think about this conversation that I was going to have with you, one, I was nervous because of how much I love The Chosen. <laughs> and so, and it's just so cool to, to watch and, and, and I, I feel like, I, as, as we had a conversation before recording, I had a thought when we were talking a little bit about Jesus, and you, you told me that some people, or many people, have said that it's almost like a, a reintroduction to Jesus. And that spoke to my heart so strongly, because it has been for me. Now, those, those of you who are listeners and our viewers know that I've kind of documented this journey of a, a faith crisis or, or, or now that I'm kind of down the road more, it's, I feel like it's a huge disconnection with God. And maybe God doesn't feel that way, <laughs> but I feel like I've disconnected with him somewhat. And so maybe we can talk about that. As far as when I started watching The Chosen, it felt like I was meeting Jesus for the first time. And one question I have is like, how did you do that? <laughs> and two is, is, I know it's impacted a lot of people that way. So maybe you can talk a little bit about that. Yeah. Yeah. It's really fascinating. I've, I've heard, I'm not exaggerating when I say this in some form on social media or email or in person, I have read or heard some form of I feel like I'm getting to know Jesus for the first time or all over again, or in a new way, tens of thousands of times. Um, and it's, it's no doubt more than that. I just haven't read it all, but you know, our social media now has millions of followers. And so we get these comments all the time. Every time I check social media, just to kind of catch up, I see some form of that comment every time. And 
when your question is how did I how how do we do that? Um, I have two two answers to that that I think are really important. Number one, I really genuinely believe God has something to say uh, with this show. I'm not claiming spiritual authority. I'm not claiming that I'm inspired. I'm not I'm not a prophet. I'm not a pastor. I'm not claiming that I'm speaking for God. But I do believe I've seen it so many times that it's it's become mind-numbingly repetitive <laughs> that 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 something that is in the show something that we felt compelled to to say in the show or I can felt compelled to write has that came kind of came out of nowhere has has specifically brought someone closer to faith closer to Christ brought them back to the bible um over and over and over again and there's something transcendent happening with this project that has been happening from day one. And so I, I don't, I didn't set out to with, with, with a specific agenda other than the following. It's very simple. This is, this is what's plastered on our walls for everyone who works on this project. We want to introduce the authentic Jesus to a billion people. Um, and I believe that the show is, is doing that. I believe the show is, is, is kind of an unvarnished look at, the authentic Jesus. Now, Jonathan Rumi, who plays Jesus, isn't Jesus. This show is not the Bible, but I do believe that it's we are giving a a plausible, uh, you know, authentic portrayal of of who Jesus is and what this what happened when he came to Earth when he was here in the first century, in the flesh. So there's that. I believe God has something to say, and I'm just doing my best to steward that. The second thing is, and this is one of the most important things, and it's I think it's especially relevant coming on your podcast and all the LDS friends that I've gotten to know over the last couple of years from doing this project and, and all the conversations I've had with LDS folks, Catholic folks, uh, evangelicals, all stripes, is that this show is focused on Jesus. It is not focused on religion. There is no religious element to this show. Um, there is nothing else in the way between you and Jesus, I believe, because there's nothing in the way between these characters and Jesus. I believe if you can see Jesus through the eyes of those who actually met him, you can be changed and impacted in the same way they were. And you've got a guy like Nicodemus in season one who was steeped in religion, steeped in the formality of religion, but he didn't have the personal relationship. You've got someone like Mary Magdalene who had left her faith and was demon possessed and was as far from God as you can possibly get. And Jesus met her exactly where she was. And it was one-on-one -on -one and it was personal. Simon Peter was focused on the external. He was focused on providing for his family. He was focused on making enough money to survive. And Jesus met him where he was at and said, I don't care about any of that. I just want you, I want your heart. Matthew, the tax collector had also Kind of abandoned his faith, had complete disconnection from God, was focused solely on money, even at the expense of his own people, his own faith. And Jesus met him where he was at and said, I want you, follow me, me, follow me, not this, not this big thing, follow me. And I believe that there are many people, and I I, I would consider, I, I've, I've met you before, we've talked very briefly, we, you and I probably had the equivalent of 10 minutes of conversation. But what I gather from you is that there has been 
something in the way in between you and God or you and Christ directly. And this isn't exclusive to any one faith tradition. This is true of everybody. Everyone, everyone has, is capable of having something in the way. But sometimes, and this is one of the things that I've learned a lot about the LDS faith in the last couple of years, and I come to believe that I have many brothers and sisters in the LDS faith. I, 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 I love my LDS brothers and sisters. And, uh, but I do believe that one of the weaknesses or one of the potential weaknesses of the LDS faith is that religion can get in the way. The prophets, the history, the, the formality of it, um, it can get in the way. I want to be very clear. I'm not saying that's exclusive to, to, to you, to, to LDS folks. All faith traditions have something that can get in the way. Every person has something that can kind of be a, a blocker between them and God. But one of the strengths of the show is that it gets rid of all of that. There's no, everything that happened after Jesus was here, everything that happened, could have happened, whatever, several hundred years ago uh, with, with within the LDS faith or, or any tradition, Catholic faith or anything. None of that is discussed in the show. None of that is present in the show. It is about Jesus. And so when you watch this show, it's not a replacement for the Bible, but it does get rid of everything else and just focus you in on Jesus. And it allows you to see Jesus with the eyes of those who actually met him. And I believe that when you do that, when you strip away everything else and you just focus on Jesus, everything changes and you feel that connection to God that I don't believe you can get fully from religion. Now, after you get that connection and after you feel more connected to Christ and after you feel like instead of treating him like a, a, a person or a figure on a throne that you have to be granted access to and you have to speak of him in these awestruck words and you have to, you know, everything feels more formal. That, that may end up being where you want to be after you have this connection with Christ. That may be where, what, for, for a lot of people, that formality is kind of a, a safety net for them or some, it kind of their, their preferred method of accessing God and it is their preferred method of worship. But I, I don't believe that works as the, as the first way in. I believe you have to first have a personal encounter with the creator of the universe and you have to personally believe that he wants a relationship directly with you with nothing else in the way. And hopefully the show is that introduction for some people that it allows them to face Jesus in some way face to face so that the next step doesn't feel quite so disconnected. So that's a very, very long answer to your question, but I'm very passionate about it. And I believe very strongly that the reason that this show is resonating with people like it is, is because it's stripping away everything outside of what can get in between you and Jesus. And we even do that artistically in the scenes when Jesus is healing someone or when he's encountering someone, their, their spiritual death, everything else kind of disappears. Even audio wise, we tend to try to focus just on the two people. And Jesus often says, look at me. I mean, there's probably about five times Jesus in, in an encounter in the show has said, look at me, look at me. No, no, don't look at him, look at me. And it's all about that. And I, and I believe that's how Jesus wants in your life today. I believe that Jesus is looking at you today and saying, no, no, don't look at him, look at me. Don't look at that, look at me. Don't look at that building. Don't look at that prophet. 
Don't look at that pastor. Don't look at that television set, whatever it is. Look at me, you and me. And that's hoping that that's what I hope the show illuminates. That's exactly what I've felt. At least, I mean, the way Jesus looked at people, like some of the most powerful moments, at least in season one. And then, well, in season two is I remember when he was just walking down the street. I think we're focused on Matthew doing his tax collecting and all that. And then you see through the the gate, the little cage that he's in, you see Jesus walk by. And I remember going, oh, you see Jesus just walking by. That's so cool. And then he turns and then that's when he calls him. And then, oh, but now I'm remembering the first time that he looked at Matthew. And I, I can't remember. I think Matthew was trying to spy on Simon. And then I think he started to see some signs and then he was following him, trying to see what was going on. And then Jesus was... I, I think he caught Jesus yeah, at, leaving. At, yeah, at the, yeah, at the end of episode six, he's the kids even say to Matthew, are you lost? And he says, oh, yes. Yes, yes, yes. I am. And he's just wandering because he's just seen this crazy thing he can't explain. And he's wandering. He's kind of looking and he sees G- Jesus leaving. And Jesus stops and turns and just looks directly at him. Um, yeah, I mean, that, that, that happens m- multiple times in the show of that 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 look, that encounter, that I'm, I'm looking at you directly. I want a relationship with you directly. Uh, that's, that's the, the key theme of the show. Yeah. That was, oh, I, I, I just remember oh, how much for some reason that felt, it feels, and I think you explained this in your answer, your first answer, where you're trying to show Jesus through those that listened to him, that followed him, that were around him. And then that's so immersive because I've, I, I feel like I am starting to sort of be reintroduced to Jesus. And I remember someone saying to me, I, and I, and I regard this person as, oh, he's, he's a follower of Christ. He, he's, you know, he, he checks all those boxes, at least what I see of, of being a good disciple of Christ. But he told me, he's like, I don't consider myself a religious person. I, res- I consider myself a spiritual person. And that was the first time that I started to separate the religion right. and, 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 I mean, I guess, in essence, Jesus. Yeah. And yeah, that's the, the, the phrase we sometimes say is, uh, I don't believe in religion. I believe in a relationship. Um, and uh, another thing that I, I like to say, as this is kind of an, uh, a common evangelical term phrase is um, religion is about man's attempts to reach God, but true Christianity is about God's attempts to reach man. And that came in the, in the form of Jesus. Jesus was, I mean, intruded into humanity in the best way possible and came to earth and dwelt among us as a human. And that, that, that was, that, that's not, that wasn't religion. Now, I know it's semantics, and I'm not saying that the, the term religion is inherently bad. I'm just saying that the, the practice of religion, the practice of the organized institutional uh, pursuit of God, uh, it, can, it, it can be problematic if, you don't, if you're not realizing and focusing on the fact that God is pursuing you. And the relationship must precede, precede the, the religion. Um, and religion without relationship is empty and it's 
nothing but buildings and works and feeling guilty because you didn't do enough, you didn't measure up, you didn't qualify, you're not sure if you fit in because you're not feeling the same thing that it looks like everyone else is feeling. That's that's religion. That's not relationship. I I remember and by the way, for our listeners and viewers, Dallas makes these the chosen reacts videos. And I don't want to put an expectation like, oh, he'll do one every episode, but I think you've done one so far, at least for season two. And he yeah, talks for season about, two, I've done, yeah, yeah. For season and he, two, and I'll, yeah. I'll, I'll, I'll do it. I'll do it moving forward as well. Yes. I love those. And <laughs> there was, uh, I, I just remember you talking about episode two of season two. <laughs> and it's about Nathaniel. And, and I, I remember that that probably was my favorite episode. And I think I remember in your, the chosen reaction, you said, yeah, sorry, nothing huge happened in this episode. Some people seem to drop off, but, but something really important here happens. And it's one of my favorite scenes and the beautiful cinematography and, and the way this, the set was dressed. And, but I, I felt like that was one of the biggest impacts on me because when Philip brings Nathaniel to Jesus, and I thought it was so funny, Philip was like, Oh, you'll accept him right away. I, I know you will. And Nathaniel's like, oh, what? I haven't even met this guy. I don't know. And then Jesus immediately, well, Nathaniel immediately decides to follow him after Jesus talks to him about seeing him under the fig tree and seeing him cry out. <clears throat> and he, and, I, and I, found, I feel like I've found myself in moments like that. And I remember you talking about some projects that you've done where you've felt you've tried to give this offering to God and it's been, it's failed or it's been felt rejected because I've, I've certainly felt rejected at, at a lot of times. And, and so maybe you can talk about that a little bit as far as, as, as at least what I've, I learned and saw and felt from that scene is that Jesus knows us so well and he sees us under those fig tree moments. And anyway, I, I'll let you talk about that. Yeah, so in episode two, Nathaniel is a new character that we're being introduced to in that episode, and he's a, an architect, and everything has literally crashed and failed. He's he's lost everything. And what's confusing to him about it is that what he was doing was actually a godly pursuit. He was trying to to, to design and build synagogues and temples and that could bring people closer to God, and then it all fails. And he's under a fig tree by himself out in the middle of nowhere. And he's looking up at God and he's, he's watching his dreams literally burn. He's actually setting his, his architectural designs on fire. And he says to God, do you see me? Like that phrase, do you see me? I think is something that almost every human being has asked at some point or another. Um, so when he says that, he, and he doesn't get an answer. You know, he, he looks at the heavens and he doesn't get an answer. He doesn't, he doesn't hear a voice. He, it seems silent. And so then when he encounters Jesus at the end of the episode, Jesus says, I saw you under the fig tree. Nathaniel literally just, it, it, it doesn't require much more than that. He doesn't need any more explanation. He's like, you're God, you know me, I'm yours. And I think we're all, wanting that moment of, of, of feeling or hearing, whether it's, a, you know, it may not be an audible voice and it, 
And it's certainly not an encounter with Jesus of Nazareth, the human being from the first century. But I think the show is hopefully for many people giving them that taste of, I see you, I saw you, I'm, I, I want you. And I've, I've felt that, I felt that after one of my biggest career failures. For me, it was in the form of, you know, sitting at my home and my faith-based film, my film that honored God, uh, had completely bombed and my, my future was completely unknown. And I was praying and crying and, and God pointed me to the, and, and my wife to the story of the feeding of the 5,000. I'm not going to tell the entire story here. It's, it's on, it's on our YouTube channel. You can, it's not difficult to find, but the, the most important point was at four o'clock in the morning, I got a Facebook message from someone who was in Romania and they were walking home and God laid it on their hearts to tell me, remember, it's not your job to feed the 5,000. It's only to provide the loaves and fish. And they were like, what, why, what, why, you want me to say that? They, they'd known, they had just heard that the resurrection of Gavin Stone, my feature film had, had failed at the box office and God had put it on his heart to tell me that. So he did, he obeyed, he sent me that message. And in my lowest moment, I, I get this message from this person out of the blue and I go, why did you tell me that? That's exactly what God's been trying to show me all day. He's been pointing me to that scripture. I've been reading that scripture, trying to figure out what he has for me. And then you just told me, how did you know that? And he's like, oh, that wasn't me. God told me to tell you that. And I think all of us have that moment in some form. I don't know exactly what it looks like for you or for anyone else, but that moment of, I see you. Um, everything's different after that point. And I think it then hopefully results in when you pray, you, you, you're praying to someone who sees you and loves you and wants a personal relationship with you and doesn't want anything or anyone in the way of all that. Um, that's what episode two was. And it didn't have a, like it said, it didn't have a big miracle. Uh, it wasn't an action packed episode, but for me, it was kind of cool just to hear from lots of people who, like you said, that's, that's my favorite episode or that's the episode that impacted me the most. And I'm like, oh, that's great. Because um, I don't think that when we look back on episode two of season two, we'll see it as the most memorable or the biggest. But for a lot of people, it was the most impactful. That's funny. I, I almost, I had a funny thought. I was like, oh, by me saying that's my favorite episode, I'm exposing myself. Oh, this guy's got a problem with being hey, seen that's by my, God. <laughs> look, I'm, I'm public. I've publicly said that that episode is in many ways missed based on my experience. I mean, and I told the actor that when he was in that moment of, do you see me? I'm, I'm like, this is me. Uh, we actually rooted, we actually based some of his storyline on my experience. Uh, it was my co-writer's idea to do that. But yeah, I, 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 I you, you, this is something that's great about your podcast. I mean, and this is one of the core essences of the chosen is authenticity. It does you no good. And I believe a lot of damage has been done by Christians of all faith traditions, not sharing publicly or privately the fact that they are struggling and that they don't feel seen by God. They feel disconnected. I think that when you say that, there's a host of people who go, oh, my goodness, me too. Like, thank you for sharing that. So let's go through this together. Let's find it. And I think God loves that. I think God sometimes says, yeah, man, you are hurting people when you pretend that you're not facing this disconnect. So I think it's beautiful that that you can admit or that you can say publicly, episode two reached me because I was where Nathaniel was at, or I still am. I'm, I feel like I'm still under the fig tree right now. I think that's a great place to be 
It's desperate and it's longing and it's what God, all revival, all moments of, of rebirth, all moments of, of true passionate connection and life change are preceded by a crisis or preceded by des desperation or longing. The hunger that necessitated the miracle of the feeding of the 5,000, I believe Jesus actually, it was his fault. He's the one who'd been talking for three days. He knew exactly what was needed to get them to that place. When the disciples came and said, these people are so hungry, we need to send them home. He said, ah, we can't send them home. They're going to faint. That's how hungry they are. He knew exactly what the problem was. I believe he got them to that place, got them to that hunger, that desperation on purpose. So that the only thing left was a miracle. And uh, if you're in that place now, that's a great place to be. Because God, I think God loves it when you're there, when you're desperate. And like Nathaniel, you're actually ripping your clothes and you're going, please, please, do you see me? Do you see me? Uh, you'll, you'll, you'll get your answer. It might not be that moment, but it will come. And if you maintain that, that place of surrender, it's a beautiful, beautiful place to be. Yeah, I, part of me doesn't like to hear that. <laughs> it's a beautiful place to be suffering <laughs> and under that fig right. tree. But, but thank you for that. I, I, I just love that episode so much. And I love... I love I love your experience in that. And I love, you know, well, I'm not sure if I love suffering or being under that fig tree, but I love the hope and the thought of, okay, you know, I might have that moment where I felt seen. And because yeah. you said I may not be there yet. And I, I still don't feel like I'm quite there yet. But maybe, maybe God's like, come on, I, this morning, even I, I gave you a great sign. You, you should have seen me there or you should have seen me there. But True. hopefully yeah. someday I can recognize that, or maybe someday I will receive that. Who knows? Well, no, I believe that that place of desperation and longing, and if you want to call it suffering, that too, is if it's if it's an authentic place, and you are if you are seeking God and seeking a relationship with Christ in that moment, that's a far better place to be than sitting in in church on on the weekend and going through the motions. And trying to convince others and even yourself that everything is okay. I, I believe that the people who are trapped in, in that routine are actually much farther from a personal relationship with God than the, than the person who is under the fig tree saying, I, I need you. I need you. I want to see you. Please reveal yourself to me. Um, th th that's, that's far closer to where God is, is showing up than when you're inauthentically trying to just make everything okay. I mean, just 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 look through the scriptures. I mean, just just read the Old Testament, uh, read read Paul's letters in the New Testament. Uh, you know, read the Psalms for sure. I mean, some of the heroes of our faith. In fact, I, I can't think of a hero of our faith who didn't experience a long period of wilderness. My wife, you know, my, we wrote a devotional book, you know, based on the chosen. Uh, for seasons one and two. It's called The Chosen 40 Days with Jesus. And this isn't a plug. I I, I really would encourage you to, to read that because I think, because even the title, as I say it, makes me think this is right for you. But it's called 40, 40 Days with Jesus. And each devotional is a, 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 you know, a kind of a deeper exploration into some of the stories from, from the show. But there's, there's actually a, a chapter, a, a devotional called Wilderness. And it's about the fact that the wilderness is where we oftentimes need to go. Jesus went there for 40 days. Uh, the wilderness feels like this barren, empty place, but it's where John the Baptist 
spend a lot of his time. It's where Jesus went. And I think spiritually, it's where we have to be at some point because it's desperate. It's longing. It's, 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 it's where we find God. And Jesus even says it in episode four of season two, the one that just recently aired, where the, they're talking about the Israelites wandering through the desert and, uh, and, and, and how that's somewhat a, and they're kind of, they're making it just about the Jews. And they're saying, why is, you know, the prophecies talk about this feast being celebrated by everybody, but they, those other people didn't wander in the desert like we do. And Jesus says, everyone has wandered in the desert at some point. And uh, that's true. And you might be in that desert right now. <laughs> it sounds like you are. It sounds like you're saying, you're authentically admitting, I feel like I'm in the desert right now. Well, Jesus was there too. <laughs> uh, so that's where you've got to, you've got to, you've got to embrace it. You've got to, you got to lean into it and go, all right, I'm in the wilderness. And this is where I am going to lay myself out and know you more. <sighs> that desert. I mean, I'm in the desert. What do I do? And I love how you said, lean into it, embrace it. And, and being under that fig tree, authentically trying to reach out to God, knowing that, or, or feeling this disconnect, rather than being in church inauthentically or, or wherever you are religiously or spiritually, and trying to inauthentically declare this. I mean, I felt like I probably did that for years. Well, and I think, I think some people too, uh, and this is true of me, anytime you're feeling a disconnect, um, and I, I've, I've felt that many times in my life, um, there, there's usually some more than one thing that's in the way. Sometimes it's unconfessed sin. I Means for, for me, I remember there was a period of three years, maybe four years, and it wasn't that long ago where I had lied to my father and to a friend of my father's about something. The details don't matter. I had lied and it didn't seem to be all that important. And I tried to just ignore it. And I'm telling you for the next three years, every time I prayed, every time I worshiped, every time I had any kind of what was supposed to be a spiritual encounter with God, that lie glitched was, was, was in my head every time every time. And it, I tried to even justify it by saying, well, that's just Satan. You know, that's just the enemy trying to mess with me. And, and, uh, and, and finally, finally, after three years, I told someone else and I said, you got to hold me accountable. And if I don't talk to my dad and confess it, you know, this, this next week, you're going to talk, talk to him and here's his number, you know, yes. But I put myself in a position where I had to, I had to do it. And I did it and I apologized to my dad and to the other friend. And of course they forgave me and it was like everything cleared up. So a lot of times there's an unconfessed sin for some people, it's pornography, for some people, it's idolatry of some kind, for some people, it's, um, you know, a, a, a pride, uh, whatever it is. But a lot of times there's, there's something, there's, there's something there that maybe you've tried to ignore that. And, and sometimes you just have to pray for that. What is it that I have not reconciled? Um, but then for others, it's, it's not, it's not even that clean. Sometimes it's just, what am I putting in front of you? What am I, what in my day-to-day -day life is more important to me than you are? 
And if I need to get rid of that altogether, even if it's painful, then I'm willing to do that if it means having a more personal relationship with you. And, and I, I encourage you, because this I'm preaching to myself as well right now, I encourage you or anyone who, who's, who's listening, of course, um, to, to do that, to get rid of that thing that is that you that you care about more than God, because if not, eventually God will get rid of it for you and it's really painful. So for me, I mean, I've never, I haven't hid this fact that I struggled with pornography uh, off and on for a period of time. And eventually it was exposed because I, I didn't do the work to stop it or I didn't do the work to rid myself of it. Eventually it was exposed in, in the most painful way possible. And, and man, did I wish I would have taken care of it before that point. I mean, I have a, I have a close friend who was an athlete. His whole life was around sports. It was, it was his obsession. It was his idol. He loved God. He loved Jesus. But it, it, sports was his thing. And eventually God, I mean, over time, he ended up getting, um, I'm blanking on the term, but it's where his, uh, it's the uh, Lou Gehrig's disease, uh, but uh, but I don't even think it's that. He started to lose function in his legs and 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 uh, and, and now he's, uh, he walks with a pronounced limp and he, he can't play sports anymore. And he believes that that, that that was not an angry God or anything like that doing some punishing him. He just believes like God will get my attention some way. And, uh, and so I just, there, there's usually something in the way that we've put there or that we're not getting rid of uh, that's between us and God. And it's very rarely, um, if ever, well, let me reword this. Don't ever, don't ever convince yourself that it's because you're not good enough. Um, because the answer is you aren't good enough. Meaning <laughs> the fact that you're not good enough isn't what's keeping you from God. None of us are good enough. None of us can earn our way. And that's one of the problems with religion is they try to convince you that if you do the right things, you will qualify for entry or you will qualify for God's favor. And I believe the message of the gospels is there's nothing you can do. <laughs> you're not capable um, yes, once you have a relationship with me, you will want to obey me. You will want to do good works. Uh, faith without works is, as the, as the book of James says, is dead. Uh, works are oftentimes the evidence of your faith, but that is not the thing that gets you there. And, uh, so anyway, I, I, I find myself oh, giving you these really, really long, thank you for coming on. I long answers, so I apologize for that. The conversation it's just such, a, such an important topic and I'm so kind of centered around that connection with God, finding that connection or, or waiting for that connection, whether by my doing my pride or whatever, or, or just maybe, you know, it's, it's, and I, and I love what you said about, I, I think I remember a line Jesus said in the chosen, he said, well, who's worthy? No one's worthy. If, if we're talking about worthiness on earth, except for Jesus, of course, but so thank you. Thank you so much. Is there, we're right about close to time. Is there anything else you want to share before we say goodbye? No, I mean, like like I said to you before we went on the air, this is your home turf, so I want to talk about whatever you want to talk about. Um, I, I think uh, for those who haven't seen the show yet, uh, I do believe that it is an opportunity for you to see Jesus from a different perspective than maybe than what you're used to, and to get to know the people who are around Jesus, to get to see their before, as we call it, uh, the before. So in episode one of season one, for example, a lot of people, when they were watching it, were confused because they were like, I thought this was a Jesus show. Where's Jesus? And what Bible verse is this from? And who's this guy? 
And uh, I, I encourage you just to watch it like a normal show because uh, any normal show you watch, you don't know who anyone is right away. And you don't, you're not trying to connect it to some true story or Bible verse, you're just experiencing the show. And uh, that's because we wanted to take the time for you to connect with and to get to know some of these people even before they met Jesus. And so that when Jesus does show up, uh, the encounter is that much more impactful. And so I believe that there's usually someone in the chosen that you can connect with. And then when you connect with their problem, their struggle, their concern, their questions, then you can of course connect with the answer and the solution. And that is Jesus. Uh, so yeah, the, the show, uh, the books that we have we, have, we have a Bible study that goes along with the show uh, that takes you deeper into the scriptures and all those things I think can be beneficial in your journey, where, wherever you're at in your faith journey. Yeah, thank you. And and by the way, just to make sure our viewers and listeners know that the Chosen app, free to download and free to view all of the episodes, is the best way to find the Chosen, right? And you can, yeah, I think, look, I, think yeah. I even tried the whole cast to your TV thing, and that was the coolest thing last night. Yeah, yeah. You yeah you do, you download the, the Chosen app to your phone. Uh, it's totally free. And then uh, you, you can click on the watch on TV button and it pulls up your device. So if you have a Roku, Fire Stick, Apple TV, Chromecast, it'll pull up your device. And then you click on that and you're like, oh my gosh, I'm watching the show on my TV from my phone. Uh, and I didn't have to sign up for anything, didn't have to get my email address, didn't have to pay a dime. It's all totally free and it's, it connects directly free and easy. So and if you have any issues with that, of course, you just click the help button in the app and and, uh, and they, they help you through it. Because I know it's new technology, new kind of a new experience for people, which sometimes scares them off. But it's, uh, I promise you, it's, it's doable and, uh, and, and, and free. I feel like I've been reintroduced to Jesus, who I've felt like I thought I've known for my whole life, but now it feels like I can actually have some kind of relationship with him. So thank you so much, Dallas. Dallas Jenkins, everybody, creator of The Chosen, and uh, we'll see you next time. Thank you. This is a Saints Unscripted original podcast and is hosted and executive produced by me, Jacob Watson, and Saints Unscripted. Don't forget to follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter, and subscribe to our YouTube channel. We'll catch you next time.